worshiping with us this Sunday. We're going to get started today uh, in worship, singing together and praising our Lord. If you would, if you're able, would you stand with us? And let's get started with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have woken us up uh, to gather here today as a church, as a family, a community that seeks to know you more. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill this place and would you fill our hearts this morning? We're here for you. We're here to worship you, Lord. So would you come and would you be here with us, Lord? We invite you. We invite you into our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.
Jesus, for you are our living hope. You are alive, you are here, Lord. 
spirit out over us. Refill us. We need you, Lord. We can't do it without you. Sing hallelujah. praise your name, Jesus. Thank you for being here with us this morning. We ask that you continue to pour out your spirit over us. We love you, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and invite Carol up to do or lead us in communion. So you can be, or stay standing. Seated, standing. Good morning. It is a privilege to uh, lead communion with you guys this morning. Um, if you are at home, you can go ahead and grab your communion elements. And if you are here at the Duseum, if you don't have one, Lucy is in the back and she can hand you a communion cup. Um, Jesus started the tradition of communion and he instructed his followers uh, to use bread and wine or juice to remember the sacrifice that he made when he died on the cross for us. Um, and he called himself the bread of life, which means that we are nourished by him and that he satisfies us when everything else leaves us empty. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Um, so let's just take a minute. Um, this is a good time in communion where we can ask Jesus to forgive our sins. Um, so just take a minute and do that. Jesus, we thank you so much for your sacrifice that you made for us. And then we can come all together around the world and proclaim the good news that you forgave our sins and that you died for us and set us free. So together, let's take the bread. And Jesus, just like the blood poured out, the cup represents your life poured out for us. So let's take the cup in remembrance of him. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice, and thank you that you continue to pour out your life for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you one more time? We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. The Lord, the Lord taught his disciples to pray this prayer. And it's fantastic that we get to share with him the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You may be reseated. My name is Herschel Rosser. Uh, I'm one of the 
spiritual leaders here in the church. I'm scared to call myself a pastor anymore since Carol has been made the new assistant pastor. And our, our lead pastor, John Arelli, and his family are on an extended break, and we're so glad they can do that. Kate Edwards is coming to share some good things about the church with us. Thank you, Herschel, and welcome. My name is Kate, and it is my pleasure to welcome you here um, to Mission Vineyard this morning. We hope that you feel the warmth of our church family, and it's just an honor to worship with you, especially if you're a new visitor. If this is your first time, I just want to say a special thank you for choosing to come worship with us this morning. Um, if you are new and this is your first time, whether you're online or with us here at the Ducium, um, there is a connect card, and we would love to, it's probably sitting at the back table or in one of the bags if you haven't received it. We would love to just know um, that you are here with us today, um, and if you're willing to share your email address, we would add you to our church um, weekly email newsletter that just keeps you apprised of everything that's happening um, in the life of our church. And with that, um, really, the one thing I wanted to mention this morning is about small groups. Um, we have a wide variety of small groups that meet um, all throughout the city, in person, online, kind of something for every um, phase of walk of life. So if you would, check that out at smallgroups.missionvineyard.org. You can see a listing of everything that's going on and who those leaders are, and you can be in touch with those leaders directly. Um, or if you have any questions, Carol in the back and Herschel, of course, um, would love to help you out. And with that, I want to pray for our service and also for any tithes and offerings that are being made. Um, you can give online um, on, through our website, or if you prefer to give in person, we do have baskets in the back. Um, and we just would um, want to thank you for doing that. And so let me pray. Um, Lord Jesus, I thank you for each person um, here this morning. And Father, would you meet them in a special way? Would you touch them, Lord? Um, I pray special blessing over our guest speaker this morning. And would you just fill Gabe with your spirit, Lord, um, and your presence and bless the words um, that he has for us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the tithes and offerings that are being made online and in person. God, would you multiply those for the use of your kingdom glory um, and give us wise counsel over those finances. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us. Amen. Thank you, Kate. I just want to say that um, Lucy and I and the Pennells, Rand Randall and Kay Pennell, have been leading a small group online for months. In fact, we are the small group. <laughs> and uh, starting this past Wednesday night, we decided to start meeting in person at our home. So if any of you are looking for an in-person small group, not too far away, we're down near the airport, we would love to have you join us, and you could just ask me or Lucy more about it. Well, it is my wonderful privilege this morning to introduce Gabe Quintana. Uh, Gabe is here with his son, Abram. Let's welcome Abram, and let's welcome Gabe. So, uh, Gabe and his wife, Cecilia, are the co-pastors of the Arlington Vineyard in Arlington, Texas. They are the pastors of my son, David, and his wonderful family. So, I told Gabe this morning, I have a vested interest in this young man. And Gabe has been just used of the Lord in various settings. Uh, most recently, before he came to Arlington in Colorado, uh, was part of Canyon City Vineyard. Is that right? Canyon View Vineyard, Vineyard, a very large vineyard church there, was on staff there. And it is a great privilege, Gabe, to have you bring the Word of God to us this morning. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Herschel. Man, I'm so, so privileged to be here with you all this morning. Um, and, and I would say, you know, although Arlington is about four hours away, four hours north of here, um, we, I love the fact that when you come to another vineyard church, um, you get to experience this feeling of family um, and, and truly grateful to be here. Uh, thank you, Herschel and Lucy, for being so hospitable and for making yourselves available to us this weekend. And um, yeah, we just had a great time. So I just want to continue on in our series 
because Herschel did a great job last week. I watched, um, I watched on YouTube him talking about the Passover feast, right? And the Passover feast is super cool because um, we, we look at how God brought his safety and his provision and his protection to his people, um, ultimately preserving them for, for something very particular. And in fact, preserving this people, the Israelites, so that you and I could be sitting here today and we could sing this song that says, you are our living hope, right? We could sing this song that says that you've paid the debt for our sin because all these years ago, God preserved this nation. And, and even before Moses, God told Abraham, if you obey me, I'm going to make you into a nation that blesses the world. And here we are all the way across the world in, in the United States of America in San Antonio, Texas, and we're eating the fruit of that blessing today. I just love that. I've always been fascinated, too, with Jewish culture. Um, I have a really good friend that I did a lot of life and ministry with by the name of Joe Geok, and he is a practicing Jew who also is acknowledging uh, of Jesus being the Lord and Savior, and um, he still celebrates feasts like the Passover. And he, he invited us to his home before to go through all the rituals, and I really find it fascinating because the Lord is really strategic as he calls his people to remember, right? He calls them to remember. And he calls them to recount the stories of his past faithfulness. And although we may not be practicing Jews, I, think, I don't think hardly any of us are. Maybe some are. But even though that's not the case for us, we can take those same ideals and those same principles and we can practice the art of remembering the faithfulness of God. And so I think about it, and, and although I have to say this before I really jump in, congratulations to the Mission Vineyard, because you very recently celebrated 10 years as a church, right? Why don't you just give it up for the fact that that is true, that that has happened? It's amazing. And John, the Aurelis are just an incredible family, and they've been incredibly diligent and faithful, along with so many of you on the leadership team. And because of that, you're here. And although, you know, when you look at some of these buildings, I bet if you drive around the city of San Antonio, you see church buildings that have been here for 100 years. Is that true? Okay, I just made that up out of thin air. So I was hoping that was true. Um, and although that, in comparison to some of those churches, you are a baby church, right? The, the history doesn't go back so far. But I wanted to remind you this morning that Mission Vineyard is a part of a rich heritage that has shaped a good deal of what you value and what you experience today. The Mission Vineyard is a part of the, the vineyard as a whole. And the vineyard movement actually has a rich heritage, and it has some things, like I said, that even if you were to go to our vineyard church in Arlington, it looks different, the setting is different, the leadership is different, some of the styles might be different, but there's a lot of commonality. There's a lot of things that bind us together. There's something that isn't woven into the fabric of this church that was set in motion long before this church ever set up shop at the Aureli's house or, or more recently here in the Duseum. It's a part of a rich history, and, and that history is what makes it so that Abram and I could drive into this city that we've never been to before, and we could go to this place we've never been before, and we could walk through these doors that we've never walked through before, and we can feel like family because we share some common story. We share some common history. And part of that history is the way that God moved and the Holy Spirit was poured out in the Jesus people movement and later in the 80s, the 70s and 80s and on to today through John Wimber and other incredible leaders. And that history is why we do certain things, why we invite the Holy Spirit, why we believe that God speaks to people through words of knowledge, why we pray for healing and not just for to guide the surgeon's hands, right? It's not that we don't pray for that, but we say we also know because we also really believe that God does heal and that he can do the miraculous. It's why we don't take ourselves too seriously. I don't know John well. Uh, I don't know John Orelli well. 
But I, what I do know of him is he and I share something in common. We don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that part of being a part of the vineyard. And, and it's almost like, hey, we're deeply flawed individuals up here, right? Just because you have a microphone strapped to your face or attached to your collar doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. And that's something that you would nod your head and say, that's part of what this church is at its core, right? A group of people who are not perfect, who are striving to better know and better love and better serve a perfect God. That's part of who you are. I know that even though I don't know you because of your rich history. So remembering where we come from is really key. It's really pivotal to following Jesus. Because here's the, the reality is as we read the Old Testament particularly, we're so far removed from that culture, aren't we? Almost nothing is, is, is the same about the way that we live in 2021 to what the Israelites were going through all those years ago. And so in order to, to make ourselves aware of how this story from a time so far away relates to what we're doing and what we're experiencing in this moment, we have to remember our story and we have to see the threads that go through to today. And we have to realize that the anchor point is actually a God that never changes, that who he was then is who he is now. What was true of him in, in, in this passage in Exodus is true of him today. And so as we begin to open the word of God, would you just pray with me? Father, we invite you here. Holy Spirit, come. The truth is that I can feel and sense you working right now. And Lord, I'm so grateful that the way that you move, the way that you bring change to your people doesn't depend at all on my abilities. It only depends on your faithfulness and your goodness and your love and your care for your people. So Jesus, as we open up this story in Exodus, Holy Spirit, would you begin to minister to hearts? Would you begin to draw us back to you? And I would even say this, would you begin to draw us deeper into communion with you? It's in your name we pray, amen. So to kind of connect the dots between where Herschel ended up and where I'm starting today, we, we see that there's the final plague, right? And the Israelites were saved because they put the blood on the, the doorposts and the Lord passed over their home. But he brought death to the firstborn of every Egyptian household. And in this process, Pharaoh finally relents and he says, okay, go, you can go. Because Moses has been trying and he's been saying, okay, can you let us go? And he said, no. And, and this back and forth thing happens, plague after plague after plague, uh, just calamity after calamity takes place. And finally, Pharaoh says, okay, just go. And the story is so good. There are so many little details that really we can't cover in a sermon, okay? Uh, Herschel could not cover all of that in his sermon. I'm not gonna try to cover all that today. And it's because what we're trying to do here is exhort you and encourage you to get yourself into this story and, and, and read it slowly, sit with it, take it apart, read commentaries, do whatever you have to do to illuminate your understanding of the story because it's so rich and it's so good. But this book of Exodus, it's, it's super, super fun to read. There's, it's action-packed, you know? And then, if you're going to, spoiler alert, after you get through with Exodus, there's going to be a book that's whatever the opposite of that is. So um, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to go into that, though. But I like this. Do you guys ever make decisions and then immediately after you regret it? It's like, do you ever have, like, buyer's remorse? You're like, treat yourself, you know, and then you buy the thing, and you're like, ah, oh, and your bank account's like, do not treat yourself, you know, like, immediate regret. Well, Pharaoh says, you can go, and then he's like, wait, no, we can't do this. People, they start to talk, and they say, okay, listen, 
What you've done, Pharaoh, is you've just eliminated the entire labor force of our economy. We, we will experience, a, a, in the blink of an eye, an, a crash in our economy because we've had this free labor for a really long time. And it's gone now. So he says, oh, no, uh, we, we need to change course. We need to undo what we did. We need to go and take them back. And that's where we're going to pick up today in Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 10. It says this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egy the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Isn't that so funny? It's like how quickly we forget plague, 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 you know, God displaying his amazing, immeasurable power through this stuttering, like very nervous, very cautious leader in Moses. How quickly we forget. And they say, is it because there's no graves here in Egypt? That you, there in Egypt that you sent us to die in the, in, the, in the desert, in the wilderness? Don't you remember? And I don't ever remember reading them say that, by the way. I don't remember them ever saying, no, we don't want to go. What I remember them saying, if you read in Exodus, is how long are you going to let us suffer, Lord, right? But then them, like us, the moment they face a little adversity, okay, a lot of adversity, they say, man, don't, we should have just stayed where we were. But 13 says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. This is one of my favorite verses, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I love what Moses is doing. He's drawing again on the past faithfulness of God. And he's going to do that throughout the rest of his life. He's going to be leading this nation through the process of remembering the past faithfulness of God. When they look at their present circumstance, in order to get the courage, in order to get the faith, in order to keep their eyes on the prize, they're going to have to remember all the times that God has been faithful before. And he says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I love that because he's telling them about something that the Lord will do, even though there's no record in the book of Exodus, which was written by Moses, that the Lord said he was going to deliver them. He, he said, I'm drawing on the, the nature of the Lord, who he is. He will fight for you. And so now I'm going to read a large chunk as we continue. But here's the reality. I know the deal. I grew up in church. I, I, I was an every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, Tuesday midday. Whenever the, the doors were open, my mom thought that I needed to be there, right? And I did not get to stay home and play video games on Sunday night like I wanted to. She brought me to church. So because of that, I've heard thousands and thousands of sermons. And I've read thousands and thousands of passages throughout the scripture. And, and, and so as we read this story, as we hear the story of the Lord parting the seas, I get it. You have heard this before, most likely. But what I'm going to ask you to do is actually close your eyes. Would you do that with me? I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to let this story kind of wash over you. Maybe put yourself in the shoes of the Israelite people. You've barely tasted a drop of freedom after every day of your life was nothing but slavery. Every moment that your heart has been beating, every breath that you've ever been taken has been taken with you as a slave. 
and now you barely are tasting the beginnings of freedom, the euphoria of leaving a place of bondage and following the promise of God. And then behind you, an army of those who seek to destroy you. The anxiety that that would create. And listen to the way that the Lord moves. Verse 15 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. And a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night of the Lord, looked down from the pillar of fire and the cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea. So the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, their servant. What an incredible act of power what an incredible act of mercy. I look at these things where there's a couple of things that really stuck out to me. The first of which is God will get his glory. He's saying, I am going to be glorified today because of what I do. Because of this power is not just for, for power's sake. This power is wielded in such a way that it's going somewhere. This is just a small piece in a story that's going to last for thousands of years. And it's going to find itself continuing on in the day that we're living in today, July 11th, 2021. This part of this that happened then, it carries over into today. God is getting his glory today from what he did thousands of years ago. God will get his glory. And then another thing that jumps out to me that I love is simply this. It says the, the, the cloud, it moved from the front to the back. And like that's a whole sermon all in of itself. God says, you go, I got your back, right? And then you see the way the story unfolds. What does it show about the nature of God? How does it illuminate who he is, who he was, and who he forever will be? He is a rescuing, redeeming God. 
He is a God who longs to reconcile, to redeem, to restore, to rescue every single thing that's ever been made wrong in this world. And that includes every single thing that's happened to you and happened to me. It also reminds me of a story of Jesus after he was tempted in the wilderness. And he withstood the the attack of the enemy. And he comes back full of the Holy Spirit. And he goes into the, the, the synagogue and he takes the scroll and he unravels it. It's in Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it was written. This is from Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, that God that you read about, as every single Jewish boy memorized this story, he's saying that God is the same God sitting before you today. And just like he was a rescuer and a redeemer when he brought the people out of Egypt, and just like he was a rescuer and a redeemer when they marched around the walls of Jericho, and just like he was a rescuer and a redeemer with the prophet Elijah when he sent fire from heaven to strike down the prophets of Baal, he is a rescuer and a redeemer. This is the the words of the prophet Isaiah are fulfilled in Jesus. He is here to set the oppressed free. It's his nature. It's who he is. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are here to set people free, to deliver and to rescue. So if you don't remember anything else from this morning, just simply remember this. God's power is most evidently on display in our hour of greatest need. I'll say it again. God's power is most evidently on display in our hour of greatest need. And so that brings us simply to what's going on today. And the question I have for you, it's not a very intellectual question. It's it's, what do you need from him right now? What do you need? For some of us, maybe the effects of COVID have left us in financial need. Businesses took a big hit. Maybe the isolation that we're just now beginning to come out of has left us with an emotional need. Maybe there's some need in one of your relationships. Maybe it's your marriage. And it's so fun for me to, to, to kind of poke and prod at these things because I don't know you. And so if that's what's going on, it's only because maybe the Lord sent us all the way from Arlington, Texas, just to remind you that the God that you serve is in the business of reconciliation. He's in the business of taking what was broken and restoring it into the way he created it to be in the first place. That's every relationship. That's every bit of financial duress. That's every bit of loneliness or emotional duress. It's every bit of physical ailment. He is making all things new. He's making all things new right now. And so again, what are you asking him for? And as you're asking, I would just simply say this. Hasn't he been faithful 
just like the Israelites can recount that story, and we can actually take part in recounting that story because we're grafted into the family of God. But even if we zoom in on your life, hasn't he been faithful? Hasn't there been times when you had no idea how you were going to make it? And he fulfilled that scripture that says he would make a way where there is no way. Streams in the desert. Hasn't he been faithful? And won't he do it again? So I'd like to end um, every time I get the opportunity to share with some things that you can do. It's like, okay, that was awesome. So what do I do now? How do I take this and maybe live differently because of what I've just heard? Not from me, but what you've heard from the scripture. Whoops. The first thing that you do is this. Remind yourself of the inherent nature of God as a way maker. And I, I chose the wording because that song is super popular right now. But it's so true, right? Even the bridge... Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You don't slumber. You don't sleep like it says in the Psalms. Like You're always working. And redemption is always happening. Reconciliation is always in motion, even when we can't see it. So maybe this morning you need to start by simply reminding yourself. And like, like God told the Israelites to do in so many times, Remember the faithfulness of God in the past. Because as we remember all the times that we should have been done for and we, uh, God helped pull us through certain things, that gives us the faith. The faith begins to arise from the cracks and crevices of our hearts. And we remember that God can do it again. So maybe it's just that you start by reminding yourself and then the second thing is trade making things happen for watching for the kingdom. What do I mean by that? It's like what Moses said. The Lord will fight for you. Right? You need only to be still. He basically said to the Israelites, sit back and watch what I'm about to do. Sit back and watch the ways that I'm going to provide for you in ways that you could not even fathom. Who could even imagine the sea splitting and water being walls on the left and the right and the Israelites walking by on dry land, not even muddy ground. It was like every drop of water was spread to the side for the Israelites to walk through. Who could even imagine that? And I think the Lord might be saying to some of you today, Stop trying to make it happen. Stop striving. Stop saying, I'm going to figure this out myself. I don't know about you, but when I get into stressful situations, that's what I tend to do. I go, okay, I just need to work harder. I need to think more. I need to weigh the options. I need to just figure this out. And I'm not saying the Lord wants you to turn your brain off. But what I am saying is, our power to control and our power to restore compared to his let the lord fight for you and watch for the ways in which he is working because again he's always working so as we lead into ministry time i just want us to prepare our hearts so i'm going to ask um Herschel's going to lead us in even the, the words that uh, were given before the service. But before we do that, would you, just, would you just pray with me? Lord, I am so incredibly thankful that you've allowed Abram and I to be a part of the Mission Vineyard this morning. I'm so thankful, God, that we are the family of God. And although we don't know each other, we have your blood running through our veins. And so, Father, I pray for my family, for my brothers and sisters at the Mission Vineyard. Whatever it is that they need from you, 
Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, only you can do this, Holy Spirit. Would you start to bring to mind all the times and all the ways in which you've been faithful? Would you remind them how when they didn't have enough, where there was financial provision that came out of nowhere, that was unexplainable? Would you remind them of how when they had a relationship with a family member or a friend that seemed like it was not reparable in any way, shape, or form, and you provided healing and brought restoration? Would you remind them of how they had family members or friends who, who never they thought in a million years would come to faith in you? And then you broke in. Would you remind them, Lord? And God, I pray for any strivers in the building or online today. Would you just remind them, God, that you will fight for them. They need only to be still. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Gabe, so much, brother. And y'all just ignore that. That's just the museum. <laughs> talking to the people who are coming in. Would you stand with me? Gabe, that deeply, deeply touched my heart. I needed to, remind, to be reminded to let God fight my battles for me. I really needed that. And uh, Carol heard from the Lord, this impression she received from the Lord, that somebody here, at least one person here, maybe several people here, you feel like, you're right at the danger point. Real problem. You can't go forward. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Is that okay? Um, you can't go forward. Enemy is behind you. The Lord just wants you to come for prayer because he's going to be for you. And so we have prayer teams over here. And uh, they are there to pray for you for any reason, but particularly for that word from Carol. Did I sort of get it right, Carol? And then we have words that are going to be up here on the screen also. Uh, every Sunday morning, we have uh, people in our church who are used of the Lord in prayer. And they uh, meet together and they wait on the Lord for impressions of special things the Lord wants to do. And so uh, this morning... Into the darkness and confusion around you, God is speaking with clarity and encouragement. A foot wrapped up. So somebody with a foot problem? Somebody with a left elbow problem? And God wants to give freedom to someone who feels trapped. And that, that's definitely that same word that the Lord gave Carol. But before, before we just respond to these words... I, I would just like to um, just ask you, how many of you, how many of you need, need that instruction from the Lord today to let him fight for you? I'm putting my hand up. Anybody else? Anyone else? You feel free to come. And if you're here today or you're at home and you have never turned your life over to Jesus, you've never asked him to forgive you your sins and deliver you because the greatest deliverance he ever gives us as the enemy of our souls is pursuing us is the Lord saves us. He comes into our hearts. He forgives us of our sins when we ask him to because he died for us on the cross. He rose from the grave for us and he wants to share that with us. So if that's you, you come for prayer. If you're at home, you will see on your screen um, a place to go, a prayer room to go to, a Zoom room to go to. There are people there to pray with you. So be sure that you... Oh, oh, that's not so. Okay, sorry. I'm behind the times. So if you need that prayer, then um, you need to get in your car and come up here really fast. <laughs> but, but get in touch... Yeah, go prayer.missionvineyard.org online, and uh, we will pray for you. And if you'd like to be contacted, let us know that. So I'm going to bless you. Uh, if you need to go, you can. If you need to get your children, you can. But come for prayer. Come in response to the Word of God. 
I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the God of rescue and deliverance, the God who will fight our battles for us. May you live in that truth this entire week. In Jesus' name, amen. Now come for prayer. Don't delay and don't step on the water.